Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. Create one-on-ones your reps will thank you for, and use Xvoyant to help your sales managers create unique plans for every rep on your team. Xvoyant is here to help at this time of crisis. We've put together a sales leadership seminar for sales leadership teams of all shapes and sizes. The current sales leadership crisis will far outlive this COVID crisis we're all facing. And after working with literally hundreds of sales leaders around the world, I've found four levers the most successful sales leaders are adjusting to effectively navigate the storm facing us all right now. This is a one-hour interactive presentation for your sales leaders conducted by me. This seminar is supported by a workbook with key activities you can conduct with your sales leaders, as well as a private website with videos to help you implement each of of these levers in a way that will help you create as much influence with your team as you possibly can. We offer this free for all sales leaders. There are no strings, no asks, and nothing but an experience that will motivate and inspire members of your sales leadership team. To schedule your private seminar with your team, hit me up today. Now. Get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Julie Hansen, founder and CEO of Performance Sales and Training. Julie is doing amazing work helping sales teams transition successfully into virtual sales through her Selling on Camera Masterclass program. It is super timely. You already know why I have her on the show, but that's not the only reason she's here. In addition to a career in sales, Julie has worked as a professional actor and now helps teams win more deals by leveraging the power of performance in presentations and demos. She's also a great author with two best-selling books. First, Sales Presentations for Dummies, and the second, Act Like a Sales Pro. If you don't have them, you're going to want to have them ordered by the time you get done listening to this show. I am super excited to have Julie join us. I reached out to her because of specific things that I see sales leaders needing help with right now, and so I cannot wait to dive in. Julie, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Wow, thank you, Rob. Great to be here with you. Julie, again, thanks for joining us. I'm super excited to have you join us because... Um, I work with salespeople, sales leaders around the world, as you know, and with all the changes that have happened, there are new skills that are emerging that are requirements. We're going to talk about one in particular that you are an undisputed expert in, and I can't wait to dive in. I'm like, I'm so excited to dive in. But first, you have an awesome story. Uh, Everybody has a cool story. I still haven't met the person that grew up wanting to be in sales. Um, (laughs) Yours is very unique. Can you share a little bit about your story and how it got you to sales and then more important, uh, what you're doing for customers now and how you help them? You bet. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I started out as a buyer, so I had a lot of salespeople calling on me and I thought, gosh, they look like they're having a lot more fun than I am. You know, they get out, they get to meet a lot of different people, they're driving nice cars, seemed like I could do what they did. So I switched sides. 
And it was fascinating because I thought it would be very easy, this transition. And I was so shocked. I don't know why now. I was shocked because when you're a buyer, everybody's happy to hear from you, right? They're like, yeah. oh, Chile. Right. <laughs> and then you go into sales <laughs> and it's like, whoa, what is this? What did I get into? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I had a very tough transition. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sure my manager wasn't sure if I was going to make it those first few months. Uh, so I had, I had a real challenge transitioning to that. And one of the things that I thought of to do, because I did all the training and all the, you know, all the skill sets that I needed to work on. And I thought, okay, what is, what is, what is uncomfortable about this for me? And part of it was I felt a little more introverted than some of my peers and they seemed very confident and outgoing. So I thought, what is something I can do to just get over this? So I enrolled in an acting class Wow! and I thought, I'm just going to get on stage. And not only did that turn out to be a part of my career path and experience, but it really helped me get over that, uh, that discomfort of being in front of people, being in a role, because, you know, we do play various roles in life and uh, being a salesperson is just one role that I play. Right. And so I learned as a performer, not to take everything so personally and to just uh, show up for the role the best you can and how to show up and how to be confident in that role. So I learned a lot of great lessons from acting and, and uh, have used them in my sales career. And that's certainly what my first book is about, Act Like a Sales Pro, where I, I drew on a lot of that acting experience that I just sort of subconsciously used. And then when I became a manager, I helped coach people with that and found that a lot of people didn't realize that, you know, there were these tools that could help them uh, present more effectively or, you know, connect with an audience. So um, that's how my career kind of evolved in sales and, and management and then turned into a business. I love so it. Now, so now I have uh, in my business, I, you know, that performance aspect is really most uh, prevalent in presentations and demos and customer facing events. So I work with companies on how to really elevate those events so they're memorable, they really connect with the customer. And, and it's not just about the message. It's, you know, the, the message sometimes gets, gets the biggest amount of focus in sales, but it's what are you adding to this relationship? How are you communicating that in a way that, you know, makes it really stick with your audience and stand out from the competition? Well, I love the story. You, you have a unique story. We, we uh, don't often see people that started in sales, went into acting and came back to sales. Like I think you might be the first one on our show that <laughs> yeah. has that story. Okay. And, uh, and what I like is, is you're taking some of those things that help kind of sell the, the, the story as a, as an actor to, to helping connect and sell, like you're connecting with an audience as an actor and you're taking some of those same skills to connect with a different audience as a salesperson. Absolutely. Um, and you, you're taking, you know, I learned how to connect with even, even a fellow actor, like a scene partner that maybe you just met and they have to be your husband who you've had a relationship with for 12 years ah. and you have to suddenly establish this relationship. Uh, so there's a lot of skills of how to really, really get comfortable in sometimes these uncomfortable situations that, I think are very applicable for sales. 
Well, I'm excited to dive in. Um, just just to wrap up, tell us a little bit about your your firm right now, um, performance sales and training. You know, what do you emphasize and and what are you working on right now? And and especially as we've we've had a shift in how sales are being done, that'd be a good time just to share what you're working on because I think it's going to drive our conversation. Yeah, that's a great great starting point. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, prior to uh, two months ago, three months ago presentations could be live or virtual. And so I did a fair mix of training for either one. But a lot of times I would do a live training and people would, you know, they sometimes do their presentations virtually or they sometimes do their demos virtually. So we touch on what are the, what's the skill set you need for those particular instances. Well, now, of course, that's completely flipped and I had to adjust my business to be all virtual like most of us and really focus on what is it we need to bring to the table to communicate more impactfully virtually. And what I've realized is even before when I was teaching teams, uh, technology teams, for instance, that were doing virtual demos. And I would ask them, I would say, okay, let's talk about how to connect with your audience. One of the most powerful ways you can do that is by having your camera on. I'd say, Mm. how many of you have your camera on? And about, you know, 10% of the room would say, yeah, the other people had a sticker on their camera, so they couldn't even by mistake put their camera on. Or you would say, no, I never put my camera on. I'm doing, you know, all various excuses. And uh, certainly that situation has flipped, right? So we have all these people who uh, were either not using the camera or resistant to it, or perhaps using it and not using well, entered into the field of, uh, you know, where all their competitors are, everybody's on camera. So I think there's, I saw that there's a, a real challenge here because suddenly just because you have the camera on, that's not the end of the story, right? We've all been on some calls where it's like, what is that person doing? What are they looking at? Why is that distracting? But there, nobody has any training around this particular skill. Uh, so I took my business and I started to focus on, okay, what can I, what can I bring to the table here? Because I have training, uh, that I went through when I transitioned from being a stage actor to, uh, doing some TV and small film work. And, you know, when I first, even as a stage actor, I had an audition for a a film and I went in there feeling pretty confident, you know, I was working hard and I was like, yeah, I got this. And they turned the camera on and I just froze. I, didn't, I couldn't remember my lines. I didn't know where to look. <laughs> I was like, do I just stare at the camera? I, what's happening? Uh, so obviously I did not get that part. But yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, yeah, sorry, not sorry. But I learned that, you know, it's not natural. And so another actor said, you got to take an on camera class. I mean, nobody knows how to talk to a camera. So it's interesting that you know, as actors, we know that and you train yourself for these different environments, but the broad population thinks you just turn on a camera and I should be able to talk to it and it should be a fine experience for everyone. And that is not the case. So, um, makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and it's just interesting that this, uh, you know, the, the show, the highlight for me has been how people are really still trying to focus on just the messaging, getting the messaging right and getting the, you know, the platform, the technology and forgetting this piece of 
Why do we have the camera on? Yes. Why have it on if you're not going to use it to connect with another person? So that's where I, I thought there was a real gap and uh, tried to shed some light on it with some, some training. All right. Well, then let's get into it. I, I'm really excited. So I, I, to a level set, you and I have talked about this, and a lot of the listeners know this. I, I have been speaking aggressively now for the last 90 days with as many sales leaders as I can. And I'm finding, you know, there's about four specific levers that leaders that have stopped playing more defense and started playing more offense, they've actually done some things differently than the people who are still kind of in hold mode aren't. And thing number three is they have new mechanics. So sales is really not that different. Here's what I mean by that. A customer has to still say I have a problem. A customer still has to say this is a problem that's worth solving and solving right now. They have to say, Julie or whoever is the right person to help me solve the problem. And then they have to say, I'm willing to go get the financial and political resources in place um, to go make that happen. And so I've been giving this seminar to people for free. It's on the house. If you want it, you're listening, I'll give it to you. But in thing three, so the third lever that's in here is the mechanics of change. You still have to have those four experiences happen, but Mm -hmm. like, I used to be on the road all the time, Julie. I was on the road all the time. I mean, I was taking podcast mics and and cameras so I could record from hotel rooms uh, because I was traveling so much. I don't know if I need to travel like that ever again after what I've been forced to learn in the last 90 days. Right. And, And so one of the mechanics that has changed is eyeball to eyeball is not happening like it used to. We can still go eyeball. You and me are going eyeball to eyeball right now, but it's done a different way. Right. And, so, so this mechanic is one that everyone's trying to f- figure out. How do I do camera, right? Mm-hmm. How do I do camera? So let's start with you've, you've done a bunch of research on this. You shared some of your initial findings with me. Maybe you could share what you're seeing. What's the sales world kind of telling you? I can't wait to hear. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And I've done some uh, polls in some of my calls and workshops on how people are using their camera, how they feel about it. And this is post COVID. Um, And the majority of them still have this incredible discomfort around that. And and that is as recent as this week, you know? Um, And I think there's this misconception that, well, if you just do it enough, you'll get better at it and you'll, you know, you'll get comfortable. Well, that may be, but it's like practicing the wrong things doesn't make you good at it, right? So there's a lot of practicing on customers going on right now. But that's something I want to come back to. We're going to push okay. pause and talk about it a little bit. I think practicing on customers is an epidemic that leaders have a responsibility mm-hmm. to solve. And as we have, camera's been around for a while, but now it's, it's not like an option. It's a non-negotiable now. It's table stakes. Yeah. It's absolute yeah. table stakes. And the people that are going to learn how to use it as it's as it's meant to be used are the ones who are going to stand out and and connect with those customers because that's what it's there for um, yes it makes you human just to be able to see somebody it's um uh, you know creates that that uh, personal connection but it, but it can do so much more that it's not being used for so what are sales people telling you i can't wait so like what, what are their areas of comfort discomfort you know i mean are they doing it because i want to are they doing it because they have to what do you what do you what do you find it i think there's a lot of grudging use of the camera <laughs> really and yeah um because and and i hear a lot especially since there's been some backlash with the talk about zoom gloom and 
you know, people being so exhausted by the camera and, and, and some people taking that as like, well, I don't turn my camera on because customers are really tired of the, you know, it's wearing on people and it gets old. So looking for those excuses <laughs> not to use it. But for the most part, what I hear from, from salespeople is, um, I don't feel comfortable on it. It feels awkward. I don't, and, and uh, in many classes, the number one problem is I don't know where to look. I don't know how long to look there. I can't see my customer if I look at the camera. Oh, what do I do? And then there's also the element of, um, I have other things going on. I'm showing a presentation. I have to look at my notes and that, mm. how do I stay present and connect with the, you know, on camera. Uh, so a lot of just really basic issues with being on camera, in addition to um, not liking the way that we look, you know, not, I mean, never in a time, there's never been a time where we've been so face to face with how we look in real time, how other people see us. And frankly, it's a shock for most of us. <laughs> uh, it's just, and it's uh, because, because nobody, or I, very, I know very few people that look at themselves and go, wow, I look pretty good. You know, most of us are like, oh my God, what, what's happening with my hair or my, why do I do that thing with my eyes? It's, it's this hypercritical awareness. And what that does, especially if you have, you see your image in real time, it takes you totally out of the conversation. Yeah, it's funny. I, you you shared some of your early findings with me yesterday. So in preparation for our conversation, I thought it was fascinating. I, I had my my daughter and her fiance at my house, uh, just hanging out with me, having a bite and, and chatting, and um, and I asked them some of your questions, and mm. because they're both college students that are now being forced to take college classes via camera via zoom and their first thing is they want a refund because they don't get to talk to professors like they <laughs> used to they, they want a tuition break uh so do i by the way and uh, yeah. <laughs> and good luck but it was interesting that you know they're being forced into this as well and um and and it was i, I asked you know both of them what is it and, and her fiance he said yeah for me it's hard i just don't know where to look like, I know I should look at the camera, but then I see the person. I want to look at the person. And now I'm like looking away instead of on the camera. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I catch myself because I can see my picture of myself next to it. And I'm finding myself more concerned about like where I look instead of what the conversation even is. Exactly. And that, and that was one of your things. The other one that my daughter said, uh, 21-year-old, um, getting ready to graduate and get, go start a master's program. She said, um, for me, I've never had to watch myself when I'm talking to someone before. I could just talk to someone. And now I see the picture of me and I should just be looking at the person I'm talking to, but I keep watching myself saying, why did I wear that? Why am I looking right. that way? Why am I doing that? Right. My, whatever. And, and I thought, you know what? Those are probably good representations. And it seems to match some of the data that you showed me. Absolutely. I, I think that's a very common human experiences. You know, so, that we're all, we're all struggling with and getting various advice on. So if I look at the question that made me the most interesting that I think would, is a good place for us to start. There's like three areas I think that we, we have, I don't know, we got about half an hour. So if we took eight, seven or eight minutes per thing, I think we can have a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. The first one I want to go to is where you said, I would use more video if, and the dominant answer was I felt more comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I look at, I look at, you know, I feel more comfortable. That's an interesting idea because in sales, 
we're often doing uncomfortable things already, right? We're calling people that might not be expecting us. We're asking them to give us money. Um, we're, we're, we're making asks a lot of salespeople. And I think a sales leader's job is to make the uncomfortable comfortable. So my question mm. to you, how can sales leaders help make the uncomfortable as it relates to camera comfortable? Because then we can start mm. working about how to make more effective. Is that, does that seem like a good transition? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. So let me just address this, uh, this issue of comfort. First of all, good. I think what people are looking for is uh, what they're looking for. This comfortable, comfortable ability is, is elusive. And what we think of when we're comfortable is being relaxed, right? Being kind of chill, kind of laid back. And a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I want to be natural, right? I want to be natural and comfortable. But, but com be being comfortable on camera does not read well. Mm. If somebody is really comfortable. What happens? So yeah, we kind of sit back, right? We go, right. you know, our energy gets low. Like, hey, Rob, what's going on? Yeah, Great. no doubt. Yeah, no um, doubt. I get, and so what happens, that works against us on camera because you already have technology between you and the customer and then your energy is down and, you know, sales is a transfer of energy, if nothing else. And so- 100%, if, I love that. Yeah, and so if you're not transfer, you got to transfer your energy through the camera to reach this other person. So you can't have low energy. And what happens is people sit down, their body, you know, their body gets, you know, settled. And add to this the fact that we're at home, so we're likely sitting in our comfy chair, and you have a real energy problem. So first of all, not striving to necessarily, necessarily feel comfortable. What I, what I tell people to do is really strive for what is that feeling when you're in the middle of a conversation that you're really excited about? What is your body language? How are you Love sitting? It. You're not sitting back. You're not talking like this. Um, you are, you know, that feeling of being on the edge of your seat. Yeah. That's the body language that reads as if you're engaged. And it also feels engaged. So just understanding that comfort is, you know, searching for comfort as a salesperson is, you know, looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So, I don't know if we're ever comfortable entirely. So I have two questions. So these are ones that I, again, I didn't know we'd go here, but I have two questions that I want to ask you about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. First, and I don't know the answer. If you don't know the answer, it's okay. Cause I haven't done any research on this. You know, the space better than me. And that's why I decided to ask you, is there research that shows that use of camera has advantages to just being on the phone? Is there research around that? Is there any data around that? Uh, yes, there is. So the most recent one I saw, and I'm sure there's others out here was from gong. Okay. Gong.io. Yeah. And, Love gong. Great people. there. Yeah. And they do lots of great research yeah. and they found that in, uh, in uh, demos and in, in all the demo calls, the ones that use the camera were involved in closed deals 41% more of the time. 41? 
41% more had webcams right. involved. So, so that's that a number. pretty compelling, yeah. Yeah, if you're a sales leader, 41% increase in, in, in win rate or close rate, it sounds like. Is that, am I, am I, yeah, close, okay. close deals. Mm-hmm. All right, so you close 41% more deals when you're using a camera than you're not. So, so that, if you're a sales leader, that's too big of a number to overlook. That's not just if you feel like it, right? <laughs> Which the reason I asked that question, because now I have another question. And I was going to ask question two based on what your answer to number one was. So okay. we got a good answer on one. Now I will ask question two. What if you have a, when you like turn on the zoom and when you get in there and the customer doesn't have their camera turned on and you have yours turned on and they don't have mm-hmm. theirs turned on, you know, it, I mean, if a customer doesn't naturally turn it on and we know that if we both have our cameras on, we're going to have a 41% better chance on advancing the deal or closing the deal. Or I mean, what what's a salesperson to do? Do we just roll with it and not and not ask them to turn it on? Is there a is it okay to ask them to turn it on? I mean, how okay. how intentional do we get with this? Yes, yes. So so it, I want to I, I want to dissect that a little bit because yes. the study the study did not say that both people have to have their webcam on. Mm. Okay. It was the salesperson had their webcam on. So I would bet in many of those instances the customer did not have their webcam on. I always say to people. Whose experience are you worried about? Are you worried about your experience of the call or the customers? Whose is more important? So good, right? So So, good. uh, Yes, it would be great if you had your camera on, Mr. Customer, because then I could feel better and I could see your face. And yes, it would help to read some body language, but ultimately it doesn't matter. You should have that camera on. And if you can get them, a lot of times just having yours on encourages them to have it on, but your job is to have your face available and looking at the camera. So they feel like you're connecting with them. That's really good. I'm, I'm super glad I asked that question then. So your experience has been, you know, the most important is for you to give the customer you not as much for you to get them back. Right. Um, because right. you're right. Like for me, I, like when I've been on calls, when I do like these conference calls, I hate doing presentations where all I have is a voice. I hate it because I cannot read the room. But when I can see a little bit, then I can still, I can react and I can, I can connect better. And so the best way to do it is turn yours on. I mean, do you, what's your experience on that? Is there any research or, or experience that you have that says when yours is on that they reciprocate? Is there any knowledge around that? I've had a lot of conversations with people about it that say that oftentimes when I, you know, when I turn mine on, the customer does, even if it's, you know, grudgingly like, all right, right. I thought I'd just sneak by right. on this one, you know? Um, but there is, there just is this, you know, one of the things on the surveys was, you know, I would use my camera more if my customer had theirs on. And, you know, I absolutely think that is a non issue. That shouldn't even be a question. You um, go first. You just yeah. go first. You just, you just plan on that. Right. Just, and that's why you have to learn, you know, cause you mentioned part of, part of the technique and why this is a skill is, and those of us who have been doing webinars for some time know this, when you don't get to see the other person's face, it is a technique to talk to a black box, to talk to people that are in an audience that you can't see. Yeah. You know, oftentimes when you see actors who you just see they're close up and they're really emoting and they're talking to another uh, actor who's off screen, they just have a camera in their face. That actor might not even be on set that day. And they mm. have to have this you know, this real authentic conversation. And there's, there's techniques to help them do that. That doesn't just some, it's not just some people are good at it. Some people aren't. It's a learned skill. 
And I think it's a shame that we expect salespeople to just either naturally do it or not, and not give them some tools to help them. All right, so let, let's call that phase one of this. So phase okay. one is you will win up to 41% more business if you use camera. Uh, it can create opportunities for you to connect with people better when you use camera. And yes, we acknowledge that it has sometimes been uncomfortable, but our, a leader's job is to try to make the uncomfortable comfortable. So let's shift. What are a few of these skills? Now, I believe that there's a whole new skill set to using camera. It's, it's not just doing what you did face-to-face and turning on a camera. It's, it's, it's totally not. And so I would love to have this next phase of what we talk about be what are like some of the non-negotiables? What are some of the most important things to, to get good at? Because this could give our leaders a blueprint of things that they need to be thinking about to help create this. Because before I turn it over to you, I'm going to say this. I believe there's opportunity to get a new first mover advantage right now if you're the first to develop these new mechanics and have your team become very good at them. So with that, like, are, what are some of those key skills? I know we won't have time to go into all of them, but are there some top ones that you said, if you're going to get good at anything, get good at this? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great topic. So, you know, we touched a little bit on eye contact and, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole uh, section. But um, is that a big you know, deal, though? Is that a big deal a to look at the right place? Deal. It's a okay. huge deal because uh, that's how we build relationships is through our eyes, through eye contact. It's one of the fastest ways you can build a relationship with somebody. And it's interesting. There's an article um, uh, Corn Ferry put out an article today and they found in this uh, study that uh, relationship experts said it's it's that mutual gaze that helps us create a relationship. And so what we're not having is that mutual gaze because very rarely does your camera line up with that person's eyes. Yeah. So now I'm trying, I'm going to move my camera while we're talking. Let's see if I can do this. I can't, cause I, it's hard to do. So how do you do it? It's hard to do. And that's, that's one of the, you know, this, this is table Am I doing better here. now? Tell me, does it look better yes, now? Yeah. That looks much better. <clears throat> okay. So, so that's just a memo to self. Let me just tell everybody what I just did. Yeah. I moved my camera to be right over the top of the frame of where you are on the zoom screen. And so now I, I I feel like I'm looking at you, but my camera looks like it's looking at it. So is that a best right. practice or is that like dumb what I just did? No, it's absolutely, absolutely. So can, so you can see me when you're, you're making eye contact, you're, yeah. right at my, and it looks to me like you're making eye contact. So. Cool. Okay. Uh, however, for most people, our camera doesn't line up. Right. Um, and actually you're not lined up with my eyes. You're lined up right now more with my neck. Now I am. There, now you are. Okay. Okay. So, so you have to understand where your camera is and you have to set it up in a way that um, it's eye contact, you know, it's eye level. Um, And a lot of times, like I have to use an external webcam. Um, Some computers just don't have good cameras or I forget which one has the camera at the bottom of the screen, which is absolutely ludicrous. The Dell. I have it. And that's why I have uh, it. I have it. So I use an external webcam yeah. for that very reason. Yeah. So you Plus have it's more just a better, it's a better camera. So yeah. But here's the thing. Ultimately it's not going to line up with your screen for most people. And you can move people's pictures around and you need to figure out how to do that in your platform uh, before you get on a call, figure out how you do that. But you're going to have to look at the camera. Right. And uh, that is a skill that has you have to learn because as you talked about with your 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 daughter and um, her, his her fiance, the temptation to look at the other person is so strong because we are naturally drawn to other per- people's faces, which is why the camera is so important in building a relationship. So you have to have a strong technique to combat that. 
And hey, it, it how do you do it? Well, it, and it can't be, oh, I caught myself in my image looking at, you know, I, I'm not looking at them. So first of all, you have to hide your image. Okay. And that's hard for most people They're like, oh, I want to know what I look like. But again, you don't, the time to practice is not while you're on that call with that customer. Right. right? So you practice off camera, you practice on low stake calls when you're, you know, with your team, when you're talking to friends, you practice looking at that camera. So the first thing I tell people to do is you, you got to make friends with that camera, right? It's got to be a friendly lens through which you see somebody because the camera picks up not just what it sees, you know, it's impartial in that sense, but it also picks up what you feel uh, because, and if you feel uncomfortable, uncertain, not sure what you're doing, awkward. I don't want to be on camera. I can't wait till this call is over. (laughs) That's, you know, that's what you're projecting. And it, you know, the customer may not get those exact feelings, but they know something's off. Like you're not, you know, you're not projecting confidence and, and certainty, which is what customers need today, not doubt and uncertainty. So you have to be very confident in how you use that camera and practice, you know, making friends with it, getting used to talking to it. And then, you know, the technique that I learned as an actor is, uh, you know, you get the other person's face quickly in your mind and then you project it on that camera and you imagine their reactions. So you're not just talking to somebody who's, you know, just looking at you with a still face, you imagine them, uh, you know, smiling or nodding. And the trick is also that you have stronger peripheral vision than you probably realize. Hmm. So people are always like trying to look at that person's picture. But if you're looking at the camera and you have it set up the right way, um, for instance, I'm looking at my camera and I can see you just moved your head. Yeah. And I can see that you're, you're smiling. Uh, So I don't need to go check every two seconds (laughs) right yeah so you have to learn to rely on that a little more cool um so that's that's kind of the you know the high level overview of looking at the camera so making eye contact is a skill that we have to work on what else is there like is there a couple is there like two or three more sure so we have to think about this is our stage right this the screen what our customer sees this is our stage and like that um, screen is your stage so everything that customer sees is your, is your stage. So that means before you get on a call, you have to know, uh, you have to be very clear about what your stage is communicating, right? And also how to move within that stage. Um, people are very confused about how they should move, whether they should move, uh, whether they should gesture. And the rule in film is less is more. Because what you have is you have a very, you have a much tighter stage and it, you're actually much more intimate. You're actually sitting closer to the other person than you probably would in real life. Yep. So if you do, especially as a salesperson, if you do a lot of movements that are, you know, so Rob, what is going to tell you, I'm moving, I'm into, <laughs> yeah. I'm in Rob's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it can feel very aggressive, right? And if, if you move very quickly, especially with latency issues, it can be distracting. 
when I lean forward and I start using my hands because I'm a very expressive speaker, this this looks like a monster jumping at him is what you're telling me? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, but that could be used for effect, and that's fine. Yeah. But, but And you have to remember, like, anything you put closer to the camera is going to be disproportionately <clears throat> large. So there's a lot of um, uh, nuances to operating in this stage. And what what you have to do is get very familiar with your stage so that you are gesturing within that stage. You are not doing a lot of movements off camera because that just reinforces that reality that you're not live and it makes people wondering what's going on off stage. So moving in this stage, understanding how to work within that stage is really important. Cool. All right. So those are, those are two good ones. This is, any, any, any other couple? I like that the screen is your stage. So how, how do you, we'll talk about practice in a second. So is that a big mistake that you see people make is not treating it like a stage? Um, <clears throat> yeah, they just, you know, I, I see uh, there's a lot of people experimenting with their stage. Let's put it that way. They're not sure uh, what they want to communicate. Should I show people a slice of my life? Right. Um, Should they? Uh, you know, it depends on your audience. It depends on your audience and your industry. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but ultimately a stage is to support you. Uh, so what I see is a lot of distracting stages, especially with some of those busier Zoom backgrounds. It's like, they're fun, they're great, but um, you're the star, right? If you, you gotta, as a, as a salesperson, as a presenter, you have to manage your audience's eyes. And if you're giving them a choice of a million other things to look at, they're not going to be focused on you necessarily. So understanding what you're competing with, you don't want to compete with your stage. Okay. I like that. Give me one more so we can say, here's, here's three. And then let's, we'll flip it around and say, what are the three biggest mistakes? Okay. So you gave, you gave me three eye contact stage, uh, your staging matters. Is there a third one? Uh, yes, I would say being expressive mm. uh, because, uh, you know, it goes back to why have your camera on if your face has nothing to say, right? It's I like that. It, it really, and I see so many just bland expressions. I, I call it um, RBF, which is not what you think. It's resting business face. <laughs> Love it. Okay. And it's very bland and it's very appropriate and it just doesn't show an ounce of personality. Right. Okay. And um, not that you want to be over the top and go into, you know, bad community theater, but you want to make sure, do, you know, does your face, do, is it congruent with what you're saying? Like I've had people, you know, I do presentation skills training and I'll have presenters tell me, and you're going to save uh, $5 million that first year. And I'll look at him. I say, so is that good news? Like, well, yeah. So, well, from your face, I can't tell if that's good news or bad news, right? Give me a clue. Uh, you know, so using those opportunities to, um, you know, connect with your customer by showing a little personality, by uh, punctuating certain messages with, with your face, right? Yeah. Uh, because that's, we usually in a, in a live environment, we have this shared environment with our customers. So we're not always, uh, we have other things to look at, to focus on. You are prime real estate. 
So how are you using that real estate? And if it's just one bland expression, uh, that's, that doesn't give them much to work with. I like it. Those are good. I mean, and, and on all of those that you gave me, the flip side can have a negative. You are, because early on you said the state screens your stage, don't be too expressive. And it sounds like you're using your hands and other things, but let your face speak, let your face tell the story. And connect, cause you said mm -hmm. earlier, you're connecting with your eyes. I, I mean, this is, mm -hmm. this really is a masterclass. I'm enjoying this. I'm taking, I'm burning up pages of notes when I'm, all right. I'm not all looking right. at my screen with you. I'm looking down. It's because I'm burning <laughs> up the notepad. Right. Um, and that's okay. And you know, and that brings up a good point. It, you know, this thing about eye contact and there's so much advice floating around about it. And that's what just, um, it bothers me because people are just taking this tip from there and that trick. And they're just it's this hodgepodge of techniques. And there really is one good technique for, for talking on camera. And what? well, the one that I talked about is yeah, understanding, okay. you know, um, making that your focal point and also checking down every 20, 30 seconds for body language, but also um, understanding that, you we're we're going for natural eye contact and what i see is people overcorrecting and just staring like deer in the headlights right at the camera with this intense awkward eye contact that is you know we're not that we don't have that level of eye contact with people we're intimate with sometimes you know it's just it's too True. intimate for a sales call so so going overboard is not the solution so practicing this natural eye contact, which means there are times where we naturally look away to gather our thoughts, right? Right. Um, or uh, we want to, you know, check something out in the environment and just making sure that we keep going back to that camera. And um, oftentimes sellers say, you know, well, I've got notes. What if I, you know, they think I'm looking away in virtual environments. You do sometimes need to keep people more, up to speed on what you're doing if you're looking away a lot. Um, and sometimes it's just people don't know what they're doing. I was on a coaching call last week with a salesperson who he'd been using his camera for a year or so. And I met with him for the first time and about five minutes in, uh, he wasn't looking at me once. And he, okay. he was looking, you know, I mean, literally I had the side of his face and I said, do you, do you think you're looking at me? He's like, well, yeah. I said, well, you're absolutely, you haven't made eye contact once. Um, and he had two screens going, you know, trying to manage this whole thing. And I think just, you know, having an awareness of where your focal point needs to be, because we're all so worried about the technology and how I'm going to show my demo and my notes are over here and um, making that a priority to make sure that customer's experience is as good as it can be is critical. So I want to get the flip side. I want to get the three things that you think are big mistakes. And then I want to address that topic of, I've seen dozens of articles on, Hey, here's some best practices on using camera. I want to get your take on that. And, and, and then we'll finish and we'll let people know how they get more of you because I think your masterclass is, is something that people ought to give a look to. So cool. what, what are some of the, what are three of like, so you give me three really, really great uh, best practices that sales leaders can really do something with. What are three traps that you often see people falling into? So we did talk about the temptation to look at the other person's picture on the yeah. screen, which is, and you need that up there. So you don't want to hide that, of course. Uh, but there's a time where even people who are practicing decent eye contact with their camera fall into a trap. 
is when the customer is speaking and they will look and that's when they look at their picture. And it's so counterintuitive, but uh. if you're talking to me and I am looking at my screen, you may, your experience is, is she even listening to me? <laughs> yeah. We is she multitasking? Feel... She's right. reading email we... right now. Yeah. Right. It's just, even though we, we know on some level that that's what people are doing because a lot of people do it, doesn't make it right. But that's the experience that your customer is having. So really knowing when to look at the camera, um, you know, when it impacts the customer to have that eye contact is important. And so I see a lot of just mistakes around that. But um, let me ask you a question on that. Yeah. So I would say there's a there's an even a second side to that. So if, if we, like right now I'm looking at you and it probably looks like I'm looking down, right? right. And, and so you're having that. Well, the flip side is also true. When, when you're on here, and so I'm hopefully looking at you now on my camera, um, yes, when perfect. you see your customer you know, looking down or looking away, don't assume that they're not interested. Don't assume that they're multitasking. Don't assume that they're doing their emails or whatever, because they're probably just haven't had the training that we're hopefully going to give our salespeople, right? Exactly. That's so important because that, you know, that's the first thing that goes through our mind is like, Oh my God, I've lost them. Right. Uh, and don't panic and start throwing away all your good techniques, trying to get them back. Right. Yeah. Um, and I always tell people that when I'm coaching, cause they'll be doing a presentation and I'll be, you know, just writing something down. Of course, people always assume the worst, like you're writing, you know, you're writing, Oh, that was terrible. And they say, you know, a lot of times I'm writing a star, like that was really nice, you know? So don't assume the worst. It's like when you're imagining the customer's reactions when you can't see them or your audience's reactions, assume the best because that's just going to bring the best out in you. Yeah. All right. I love it. So that's one. Uh, anything else that you think are related to like traps that you see people falling into when they're using camera? Um, Yes. Yeah, so the, we talked about the, the movement and sometimes the, the framing, understanding how to frame yourself in yep. camera. Um, there's what most people are doing is they've got this tiny little <laughs> body back here and just, you know, a lot of space and you want to use your real estate well. So what you're looking for is kind of that what in film is called a medium close up. Right, so it's it's medium chest, close up, chest, shoulder level above. Um, anything beyond that, you move into like an extreme close up, which is very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like or, back off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you want like a couple inches uh, between you and the top of the frame, and certainly, you know, if you have your your arms or your arms available to gesture, yep. that's helpful. So just framing yourself correctly, um, lighting yourself correctly. Is that a big deal, lighting? Absolutely. Uh, there's there's a saying in the movies that no amount of makeup will make up for poor lighting. <laughs> so, okay. So you want to make sure, you know, your lighting is, you know, again, sh you know, showing you at your best and that we can see your expressions, which means you don't want to be so overlit that your face is very flat and, uh you know, washed out, but, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Lots, lots of times you can find lamps around your house that will, will do the trick, but there's just a, there's an inconsistency out there, even among companies and their salespeople that I, you know, as far as how they are communicating their, you know, 
their business to their customer through their stage. And they right. should have some kind of uniformity. We're, we're, we're starting to roll on the time and I didn't get to my third phase. The first okay. was, why do we do it? The second one is, you know, what are some of the things? And so you've given us just the top of the, of the, of it, but you've given yeah. us things that our leaders, they can actually wrap their, their hands around and start to do something with it, which is what I want to do. That's what I want to finish with now. And then we'll get more of you. Okay. What should leaders do as a result of listening to you today? I mean, is this like leaders are already doing sales training. Hopefully they're doing some kind of role playing. How do they help? create confidence here? How do they help uh, their reps not just practice on customers? Is there, is there a couple final things? What should sales leaders do to help turn this into a skill instead of just something they do if they have to? Right, right. Well, it, yeah, that's, that's very important. And uh, what they first need to do is they need to learn the techniques. And, okay. uh, you know, I, I don't know where other sources are, but I know like I offer just a series of 10 videos that goes through body language, eye contact, expression, how you work with slides and demos and keep connected with the customer. Uh, let's so, let's so, push pause there again. I'm sorry, okay. Julie. I want to push pause there again. I yeah. told you I'm notorious for doing this. I'm sorry. That's this right. is a good enough topic that I, I'm, I'm going to go just a couple minutes long. Sorry, you and everybody else. Um, since, since they have to get good at it, what should they do to get good at it? Because I, I don't think that just going and doing a Google search on the top 10 things, to do, maybe it, yeah, how, how do they get good at it? Well, I would say take my video course, but okay. you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's an okay thing if to you, say. Yeah. If you can find another source, but that's why I put it together because it just goes through how to make friends with your camera, how to make eye contact, how to do all these things. Now, I because most of these Google searches are just people that are guessing like everybody else, right, right? Right. So you can absolutely, you know, make a hodgepodge of different tips and techniques if you want to, but I did it yeah. and it's there and I just, you know, it, but it's a starting point. So people need to know the techniques because they need to know what good looks like, right? Just right. like any skill. What does good look like? What am I doing? They need to practice it on their own a little bit and then um, either I offer coaching or the sales leader, you know, should go through the course or a course and understand what they're coaching for. Right. Um, and I really recommend that leaders go through the course first um, and tell people like, you know, and even do like, here's me before, here's me after. Right. right. And be vulnerable enough to say like, I didn't, I didn't know how to do this. I mean, it's just, you know, nobody likes to admit they don't know how to do something. We've all had cameras for a long time. We should be better at this, right? But we're not. It's we're not, not natural. And it's we're using it in a different way. And so we just need to acknowledge that and, and step up. So um, first of all, learning the content, what's, okay. what's good, what works, what are some things you can do to improve on that? And then coaching it, I think where the sales leader comes in, is making sure when you're coaching to it, not to separate that skill out from the messaging because oftentimes when I see leaders coaching people on even just, you know, presentation skills, they're like, well, yeah, you, you know, your body language was not, you know, it didn't look confident, but also you really, that message about our value proposition, you need to make sure blah, blah, blah. And it's just too much, right? Mm -hmm. You need to focus on, okay, let's, let's really practice good on camera presence and not, critique you on other things like the content 
as much because so separate those right separate those yeah separate Hold, those two things. i'm glad you said that so so make that part of your coaching i i guess is let them practice that and uh and but you've got to understand how to break it down like i, I don't know that i like i do a lot of coaching of people i don't feel like i'm qualified to coach them on how they how good they are on camera you know and so right i mean not everybody is so just acknowledging like that is not my forte i know what it should look like but i don't know how to help you get there and that's what i hear from a lot of leaders and and that's good to acknowledge why would you right so that's where you outsource those things if you can do it and you know how to coach to that that's awesome but for most people uh you know that's not their forte right all right, let's wrap this up with the three questions that I ask everyone that I'm going to give you a chance to kind of have like a final thought or two and, and we'll be done. Rapid fire, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, number one, biggest sales leadership challenge you see and how do you beat it? Sales leadership challenge, uh, keeping people, uh, keeping your sales team engaged and positive and resilient mm. in these times. Especially right now. Right. Especially right now. How do you do it? That's do the that. bigger part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think part of this goes back to giving them the tools that they need to feel confident. Uh, I can't feel confident with a new, you know, tool I'm using. Um, even if it's an old tool I've been using for a long time, this camera, if I don't know how to feel confident, if I don't know the techniques to allow me to be confident. So give them the tools that they need and the practice to, um, to be good at it. See, I think that practice part is so big. Doing will help you build confidence in a safe environment. Not Absolutely. doing, not doing when you got a deal at riding on it, doing while you're in a safe right. environment. Yeah. Right. Right. So I always say, you know, people say, I want to be comfortable on camera. I say, you know, let's change that. Let's be confident on camera. That's Ooh. what we want. Ooh, I like right? it. Right. Right. Everybody else can be, let your customer be comfortable. Okay. That's awesome. Number two, uh, this is a listener favorite. When you're interviewing people to join your team, do you have a favorite interview question or interview topic? And when you use that question or topic, what is it you're looking for? Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like to interview for, uh, I like to find out how they take feedback. Hmm. Um, because I think that's very telling as to how, uh, how open they're going to be to change, how open they're going to be to new ideas. And uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of different questions out there to, to um, assess that. But I think, it's, I think it's a really important it's a great one. skill, right? Because not everybody takes it well. Um, I can't think of the right uh, great question. I know there's- I was gonna ask you, how do you do that? Yeah, so- Yeah, I know but, there's some great books on, um, thank you for the feedback uh, that, you know, that offer some suggestions on that because it's easy for somebody to say, oh yeah, I, I love feedback. Please oh, I love it. Yeah. Feedback. In fact, why don't you give me some right now? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I think there's uh, more skilled people that know what that question would be, but I think that's a very important skill too. Okay, last one. Leaders are re leaders are readers. We found that the great leaders never get done trying to learn. Uh, and I appreciate you helping all of our leaders learn on this show here today. But I don't care if it's a page that you're turning or it's an audible that you're listening to, or if you want to go bite-sized, if it's blogs you're reading or podcasts that you're listening to, is there like something that you would suggest that our listeners consume if they want to continue to advance their leadership journey? 
Well, I, this is just fresh in my mind and I think it's yeah. fantastic. I just read Emotional Intelligence for Sales Leadership by Colleen, Colleen Stanley. Good friend of both I, of us. Yes. I know, who I know was on your show recently. And um, honestly, I think, you know, besides being on camera and how do we create this connection with our customers, emotional intelligence is such a timely topic today. Uh, so- Plus you guys put your are money where your mouth is. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, so put your money where your mouth is and just not talk about emotional intelligence, but understand how to lead with it and, um, and really use that skill to keep your team engaged and resilient. Julie, you're awesome. This was a fun conversation. Yeah. We ran out of time too fast. I think, that we're gonna, I think we're going to have to have you come back sometime and finish the conversation. If you were to wrap up what we talked about, if you're going to give a final piece of advice to our sales leaders or some of the salespeople that are working on becoming sales leaders that are listening to this right now, this important skill that you've talked about, is there something that you would suggest like just to wrap up our conversation today? I, I would say that understand that, you know, it's just not a natural skill. It seems like a small thing. It's like we're, we're dealing with all these big issues, like how do we message right? How do we you know, use this new technology? But there's so much power in that connection. And what we need is that strong connection with customers today. So just understanding it's not a natural skill. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay for your salespeople not to be naturally good at it. It doesn't mean they're not good salespeople. And uh, you know, give people the help that they need because I, I you know, this is, this is where we're at now. This may be where we're at for a long time. And, and certainly, as you mentioned earlier, the people that, you know, raise the bar on this skill are the ones that customers are going to feel comfortable doing business with. All right. Her name is Julie Hansen. She's been helping people create connections in new ways and better ways, uh, finding ways to help companies create new first mover advantages because one thing that has not changed is people who have the best connections, people who have the best conversations win more. So my final thing, Julie, how do they get more of you? How do they connect with you? How do they, you know, obviously I'm going to suggest they read your books, but how do they pick up and get more of this stuff that you're talking about so they can actually, you know, create this skill inside their organization? They can learn more about the Selling on Camera Masterclass at sellingon-camera.com and uh, goes through everything that's in the course and the different coaching or videos that are um, accessible. Uh, PerformanceSalesAndTraining.com. I have a blog and so I talk a lot about, uh, talking a lot about virtual presence these days. So you'll see a lot of um, articles on that and how to combat Zoom gloom and how to how to raise the bar on your team's skills in this area. So um, lots of content there as well. Well, I'm going to subscribe to those things because I know I need that help. So I, I hope that you get a number of people reaching out. And so to our listeners, take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, this is fantastic. Julie, you're amazing. Thank you for joining us. And as I say to everybody, happy selling to you. Absolutely. Happy selling indeed. Thanks, Rob. Hey everyone, and welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to thank those of you that have joined my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. It has been amazing to see the community grow so quickly. I get a lot of requests from sales leaders and salespeople from around the world asking for help going deeper. And places like LinkedIn are awesome, but they're cluttered, they're noisy, and really, you're limited in how much impact you can create with just 1,300 characters. 
So I created Sales Leadership United to provide a community of sales leaders committed to becoming legendary, iconic leaders of those they lead. So if you haven't given Sales Leadership United a look, and if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of my other content, please do me a solid and check out Sales Leadership United today. I have much of the best content I've ever created organized in a way where you can simply search by topic to gain access to what I've seen work around the world. In addition, I have exclusive content available only to members of Sales Leadership United. Insights, frameworks, live trainings, coaching structure, and made-for-you sales meeting tools are all there for you to use today. I also have a private podcast where I discuss mindset and, and, and you know really in-depth things on how you should be leading your individual reps. So if you've ever liked anything I've shared on, the, on this show, please do me a favor and check out Sales Leadership United at patreon.com forward slash Sales Leadership United. Okay, so I reached out to Julie and I asked her to join us because video has now become a critical skill. Not just a critical platform, a critical skill for every sales team and every salesperson. You know, so it's a different medium. And it's conducted over a different platform. And as a result, it requires a different skill. So I thought this was a really great episode, and it provided an introduction to a master class in how to use video. You're going to want to listen to it a couple times. It's packed with insights. I hope you take these things directly to your team. Honestly, you can make a great uh, primer on, on how to start using video. <clears throat> I've, I've suggested that you know, you're just a few Google searches away from getting started on video. But getting introduced to someone like excuse me, Julie goes a long way to helping you help your team become much more proficient. I've been giving these leadership seminars to organizations around the world and we talk about use of video and in the question and answer sections of these seminars, uh, I get a lot of questions on how do we, what should we be doing to get better at video? And um, every company is having that conversation with me. So if, if you're not having that conversation, you're behind and that's why I wanted to bring this to you. Uh, as another note, if you haven't had that leadership seminar in your organization and you want it, hit me up. I'll give it to you for free. So I, I think this is a big deal. And, and so take this to your team. And as come back, I've listened to it a couple times. Two things really jump at me. The first is remembering that sales is a transfer of energy. I've always kind of said that sales is a transfer of enthusiasm. But I like Julie's way of saying it as it's a transfer of energy. And she makes a big point about that, that our job is to transfer that energy, to transfer that enthusiasm. And that really requires a connection. So whatever our medium of connecting is, we've got to create connection with it. And one of my favorite things that she talked about was just how powerful video can be in creating connection. She addressed that all the way throughout the, the conversation. It really, it really comes in and out throughout the whole conversation. But early she said that one of the questions we should ask ourselves is why is the camera even on? I thought that was really cool. Why is the camera even on? Do that with your reps sometime and say, why is the camera on? Turn that into an interesting conversation and turn that into things that you do differently if you understand why the camera's on. Her answer was super simple. The camera's on if for nothing else so we can create a connection. So as we make use of video a competitive strength, we need to make sure we're utilizing the experience to create connection. One of the things she talked about was being prepared so you aren't distracted. So many distractions. Distractions with how you look, how you sound, where to look, what your background is, etc. But the one really jumped at me was the importance of eye contact. And how you have to work to develop that so it really feels authentic that the person on the other side is making eye contact. We don't need to expect them to have the great video skills. We need us to have the great video skills so we can be the ones responsible for creating connection. 
And so I really liked it. She shared insights on the power that comes in having and maintaining eye contact. And while video is a great tool because you have the opportunity to see your customer react and you can respond better to them, I really hadn't thought about that as a way of making eye contact and, and what that does. I mean, eyes are the way that you really connect and look into someone, and you can do that with video. So I've always been a salesperson that prefers in-person sales whenever possible, and video gives you something very, very close to this. So my advice to you is for you to learn to make eye contact in a way that feels natural, and then teach your reps to do that so they can create connection that very few things can replicate. Second, Julie shared data that people will use video if more if they were more comfortable using it. So I liked the conversation on how to become comfortable. She made a very interesting point about being comfortable versus being professional. And this actually is related to the first point we talked about, the transfer of energy. Being comfortable can actually hurt you on a video call. She talked about slouching, chilling, relaxing in a comfy chair. And she compared that to the need of being on the edge of your seat as though you were in the boardroom with them. So let's focus on creating proficiency and creating skills because becoming more skillful will have us become more proficient and as a result, we'll be more comfortable using it. Most of all, I loved how she pointed out when we use video, we win more. Julie shared research from Gong that identified deals uh, video involved in result in wins 41% of the time more often than losses are. I went and looked it up and I found the research and, and it's true. Uh, Gong says that if you use video, it's associated with wins 41% more often. So if that's the only reason, that's why you should do it. So I want to wrap up by saying, you know, video has become table stakes. It's something you have to decide to get good at. It is something you need your reps to get good at. Just like you had to get good at writing emails, just like you had to get good on the phone, just like you have to get good at every part of the job. It's not something that's novel anymore. It's required. And as a result, you need to make sure your team uses it powerfully. So Julie, thank you for joining us. She's one of the few that actually specializes in this. I'd encourage you to give her a look. I have more on video coming next week, and I'm going to take a different angle with it. I'm doubling down on video because I know how important it is. But connect with Julie, reach out to her if you have questions about this important sales medium, and I promise you'll be glad you did. Thanks also to each of you, our listeners. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate you mentioning us on LinkedIn, and I appreciate your five stars on uh, reviews on iTunes. Keep them coming, please. Thanks to each of you that have discussed uh, your one-on-ones with me. Those of you that have taken me up on my offer and reached out, my offer still stands, and I'll hop on a Zoom call with any of you to discuss your approach to the one-on-one. Listen, the one-on-one is more important than it's ever been. Use the one-on-one to build confidence in each rep. And if you want to discuss how you can have your one-on-ones become even more impactful, please, please, please reach out to me today. I offer this with no strings. I want to help as many sales leaders as possible make the one-on-one their number one tool. Hit me up at rob at xvoyant.com. So here's to creating connection this week by having great video. Please help your team be great at video. Find ways to make sure you're developing proficiency and professionalism with the camera. And as you do, you'll create powerful connections without ever leaving your desk. I thank you for listening. And as always, don't worry. Just execute because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users.
you can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.